Hello everyone, it's Bill Thompson, T-Bill, and welcome to Plain Market Talk, where I will provide a straightforward interpretation and analysis of current market news based on my background as a retired Wall Street stockbroker with almost 50 years of experience. And I will also provide business lessons to help you become much more successful with your personal finance, trading, and investments. So let's get started. Hey everyone, it's Bill Thompson, T-Bill. Welcome to Plain Market Talk. Today is Saturday, December 11, 2021. Okay, today we're going to talk about that big inflation report that came out yesterday, Consumer Price Index, and why the market really didn't react to it, even though it came in higher than expected. Uh, we'll talk about the big news for next week. Well, first we have the Producer Price Index coming out on Tuesday, but really the big, big news next week is the uh, policy statement from the Federal Open Market Committee of the Federal Reserve. So talk about what that means. Uh, what else we got here? Um, apparently uh, in Germany, it is now considered walking uh, down the stairs of your home to your home office is now considered commuting to work. Let's see what's going on there. Uh, let's see that company the other day, you may have heard about this uh, better.com. Uh, the CEO had uh, his employees on a three-minute Zoom session and out of nowhere uh, basically fired 9% of the company. Uh, well, it looks like he's taking some time off for rest, so we'll see what's uh, going on with that. There's a lot of chaos, apparently, in that company. Uh, so we'll see what's going on with that. Uh, let's see. Uh, Peloton stock continuing to go down. Uh, we'll see what's going on there. Uh, BuzzFeed. BuzzFeed is a digital media company, just went public a few days ago, and the stock has basically collapsed since it went public. But there still may be some opportunities there, as well as other companies that may soon go public in the same industry. So I'll give you some uh, names there that you might want to keep an eye on. And we'll end on a positive note. We have two uh, established companies, Oracle and Broadcom, and their uh, stocks are soaring on better than expected uh, sales and profits at positive uh, expectations for the future. All right, so... All right, so yesterday we had the Consumer Price Index report. And as I've talked about on previous sessions, you know, inflation has been higher than we've seen in many years. A lot of economists attribute to the fact that we've just had a sudden reopening of the U.S. economy. Uh, we've never seen anything like this in our history after being shut down. Uh, there's obviously the issues with the higher than normal shipping cost, uh, but that seems those bottlenecks seem to be breaking up some now, as I mentioned on the last session. Uh, there are just a lot of factors. Also, um, companies still having trouble attracting employees. And so it's not just a matter of paying to higher wages. A lot of them are having to pay uh, time and a half overtime to their existing employees. And uh, many companies pass the labor cost on to, in a form of higher prices. For mo many companies, labor can be 40, sometimes upwards of 60% of their total expenses. All right, so here's what happened. Um, the, the report was supposed to, uh, was expected, sorry, consensus was it would come in at an annualized rate of 6.7%. Came in at 6.8% and the market really didn't react at all. All right, so why? Well, I've talked about on previous sessions, you gotta be careful with these consensus estimates. They're an average of all these estimates from these various analysts, uh, financial analysts and so forth. And uh, they're all over the place right now. You know, the example I've used in the past, if, if you have three estimates, five, five, and five, 
while the consensus is 5. If the three numbers are 1, 5, and 9, you add them up, divide by 3, it's still 5, but the estimates are all over the place. Apparently, a lot of these um, financial analysts and economists were looking for possible inflation annualized rate over 7%. So it wasn't as bad as they thought. But here's the thing. We don't pay as much attention in the financial world to the consumer price index as the producer price index and also the personal consumption uh, ex uh, expenditures index, PCE, which I've covered on previous sessions, but I'll cover in more detail as the PCE report starts to come up. All right, here's some criticisms of the consumer price index. It looks at a basket of goods that the average consumer spends their money on. Well, over the years, um, the CPI, as it's called, has been somewhat slow to take into account the substitution effect. Uh, the example being, if you normally drink coffee and suddenly coffee prices triple, well, the CPI just indicates, well, prices are triple, consumers are paying more. In reality, what happens is many consumers switch to tea or hot chocolate or something else. It, it doesn't still do a good job of taking that into account, the substitution effect, although it's better than it used to be. There are also some issues that it's still slow to change with consumer spending habits. Uh, I remember it wasn't too long before Blu-ray players came along. They still had VCRs in the consumer price index, hadn't even updated to DVD players. All right, so we'll see what happens. Uh, the, uh, but it, the consumer price index looks at things from the consumer standpoint. The producer price index, uh, well, that looks at it from the seller's standpoint. And it's considered more of a broad indication of inflation. It takes into account what what producers are paying for their components, raw materials. Uh, and also, the consumer price index can be affected sometimes by increased taxes, um, anything that would cause, cause you to pay more. Uh, maybe stores not offering as many discounts as they did, uh, as some of them are starting to pull back on that, um, uh, you know, try to increase the profit margin. So it, it's, there are differences. Well, we look at PPI more from the seller's standpoint. All right, so uh, we'll keep an eye on what's going on there. Okay, so the big news. All right, per, uh, producer price index comes out on Tuesday, 8.30 in the morning Eastern time. If you guys ever want to look at the raw data for these inflation uh, measures, uh, they're on the website bls.gov, Bureau of Labor Statistics, boylarysam.gov. And you can also look at BEA.gov, Bureau of Economic Analysis, uh, BoyEdwardApple.gov. Lots of stuff there, including that's where, if I remember, that other one, the PCE inflation index is actually over there. All right. Federal Reserve. Federal Reserve, Central Banking System of the United States, they have a two-day meeting scheduled Tuesday and Wednesday of next week. And on Wednesday at 2 p.m. Eastern Time, they will release a policy statement that I will go over and explain like how what it means in plain English. The market is looking at what the Federal Reserve is indicating they're going to do with the economy going forward. Uh, for, since the shutdown of March of 2020, the Federal Reserve has been pumping $120 billion a month into the economy and keeping interest rates really low. Problem is, if they do that for too long, too much, it begins to bring back a true long-term inflation. There's still some, um, still some opinions that the inflation we're seeing now may be a little more temporary. And many economists are saying they're already seeing it starting to peak, and they think it may start coming down around February or March. So we'll have to see there. But anyway, long-term inflation is a different story. So. Uh, so what the Federal Reserve does when it's uh, more concerned about long-term inflation, it begins to do things in reverse. It'll, it'll um, 
raise interest rates and decrease the money supply. Um, and as it raises interest rates, investors sell stocks to buy bonds because you get more interest over there. Those are loans, governments, corporations. Uh, and it creates all kinds of chaos. But here's the thing. Federal Reserve knows the U.S. economy is still very fragile. Uh, it's really not, seem, doesn't seem to be convinced yet that this inflation is long-term. So the Federal Reserve is going to be very careful about what they say on Wednesday. I, I seriously doubt they're going to suddenly say we're decreasing the money supply and, and going to influence interest rates upwards. More than likely, they'll take a wait-and-see approach. And they may make some comments about a continued tapering of quantitative easing. What that means, uh, it's beginning to reduce that $120 billion a month they've been pouring into the economy. Uh, it, they already announced they were bringing it down to $105 billion. So we, we may see that. I'm, I'm thinking their response is going to be somewhat muted. They certainly don't want to jar the financial markets and the U.S. economy when it's still fairly fragile. So uh, we'll, we'll take a better look at that uh, next week. All right, what else we got going on? Uh, all right, so uh, over there in Germany, it uh, looks like, uh, it says here, a man who slipped down the stairs and broke his back, I mean, that's terrible, hope he's okay, but it says a man who slipped down the stairs and broke his back while walking from his bed to home office can file a claim on his employer's insurance after a court in Germany ruled that he was commuting at the time. Okay, so for those of you working from home, I guess if you walk down the hallway, you know, from bedroom to, you know, wherever you got your office set up, technically that could be commuting, at least in Germany. Whether that would hold up in an appeals court, hard to say. So anyway... Uh, all right, so uh, I guess they said his insurance refused to cover it, but I guess he's going under a workers' compensation. He's filing a claim, so maybe there's technicality on that. All right, so we got that. Um, we got this company. Some of you may have heard about this the other day. It's better.com, B-E-T-T-E-R.com. It's a private company. This is the company a few days ago. Their CEO, Vishal Garg, it looks like his name is, says he laid off over 900 employees over a Zoom meeting that lasted less than three minutes. Anyway, so there's been a lot of negative feedback on that, as you can imagine. Um, anyway, it says he's taken some time off for the company. Uh, I guess he accused the employees of stealing, saying some of them were working two hours a day. And the, the call was very bizarre. Uh, and, you know, my guess is they may be wide open to lawsuits also. You know, if you laid somebody off over the age of 50, they may go after you for age discrimination. There's just all kinds of stuff that can happen. So anyway, but it looks like he's taking some time off, says his leave is effective immediately. And uh, it says they're co the company's hiring a third-party firm to do a leadership and cultural assessment. Uh, all right, so it's just a big mess. I know they had some other top officers that quit like right after that happened. So um, the whole thing just seems to be bizarre. So all right, so we got that going on. Yeah, but apparently some other, like I said, I think it was like three other top executives after that meeting just said, heck with this and just left. So all right, so we got that going on. Uh, all right, so a couple of things here. Um, okay, uh, Talk about Peloton and then BuzzFeed and then our two uh, stocks that are soaring to wrap things up today. Okay, uh, Peloton stock, uh, P-T-O-N is their trading symbol. Uh, Paul, Tom, uh, Oscar, Nancy. All right, well, what happened? You know, as you might imagine, uh, during the shutdown, uh, 
you had a lot of people go out and buy home exercise equipment. I know it was really hard to get like, you know, barbells and dumbbells and just all kinds of stuff. Well, anyway, a lot of people went out and bought Peloton machines and uh, that stock shot up to, I think it's, you know, let's look at it here real quick. Yeah, uh, it was trading before the shutdown around $27 a share and then shot up to $150, $150 a share. It's back to $38 a share. Uh, their sales are continuing to decline. The stock was down another 5.4%. Yesterday, they got a downgrade from a, a big investment firm, remember which one, uh, downgrading their future sales and profits. And apparently, one thing analysts are looking at there's a massive, massive market out there, people selling their Peloton machines in the secondary market. Uh, you know, what's happened, you know, after being isolated at home for so long, people are just wanting to get back out again. They were re going back to the gyms, health clubs. And as I mentioned the other day, we're also seeing some reports, people are really getting back to retail stores now, a much higher rate than they were even in 2019 before everything happened. People just want to get out. All right, so we got that going on. All right, BuzzFeed, the uh, digital media company. All right, so uh, BuzzFeed, uh, they went public the other day. I should check their trading symbol. Might be Buzz, but we'll, we'll find out. All right, so hold on. Let me tell you what's going on here, but also why there might be some opportunities. All right, I should have looked this up ahead of time. Yeah, uh, no, they're not. Uh, another company has Buzz. So it's a good lesson there. Uh, Van Eck uh, Vectors uh, Exchange Traded uh, Fund Trust uses Buzz. So I always check before you buy. BuzzFeed's using um, BZFD for like BuzzFeed, Boy, Zebra, Frank, David, BuzzFeed. All right. Long story short, they came out a few days ago, about $14 a share, $14.28. So when they started trading, they dropped all the way down to $5.56 a share. And then now they're rebounded 3.4%. Yesterday, they were up to $6.07. So here's the thing. The market doesn't know what to do with a social media you know, company they, they, like this. They, you know, they're more familiar with you know, traditional companies. And I guess there's some feeling. They just don't know. Um, they really don't know what uh, you know, the long-term profit outlook looks like, how easy it is going to be to get new competition in here. You know, it's a digital media company. So... Uh, again, the market may have overreacted to this, as it usually does. I mentioned that before. So you may see some opportunities here with this one. Uh, also, uh, the good thing about this, though, they were one of like, the first digital media companies like this to go public. It gives a base valuation. But we have uh, several other companies are looking to possibly go public. And if they see BuzzFeed begin to come back up, keep an eye out for these. Uh, the other three that you'd want to take and keep an eye on, they're still private. Uh, a company called Vox, V-O-X, a company called Vice, V-I-C-E, and a company called Group 9. So keep an eye out for those, Vox, Vice, and Group 9, because if we see... Uh, if we see uh, BuzzFeed starting to suddenly go back up, investors get more comfortable with this type of company, these companies go public, you're going to see some opportunities there. All right, so the last two things today. Uh, Oracle, O-R-C-L, uh, Oscar, Ralph, Charlie, Larry. This company is continuing to soar. Uh, and even though you know it's gone up quite a bit, I'll give you the numbers here in a second, 
there's still maybe some opportunities. Apparently, the financials are looking good. They're getting more into cloud-based computing. It's a long, well-established company. Uh, stock was up 15.6% yesterday, better than expected sales profits. Future expectations, just everything's looking good for these guys right now. Uh, I'll give you an idea. Uh, March of 2020, they've actually been going up since the shutdown. They were $48 a share. They're 102 right now. Uh, keep an eye on them. There still may be some opportunities there. You know, it might end up being uh, long-term uh, gains still there. Uh, all right, so we got that one. And then the last one I wanted to talk about today was uh, Broadcom. Uh, broad, uh, Broadcom, they, they have an unusual trading symbol. I'm guessing it has to do with an old name of the company. Hold on, I got to look it up. It's like AVCO or something. I mean, unusual, more based on the name of the company. Uh, let's see here. Yeah, AVGO, Apple, Victor, George, Oscar. Um, that stock was up 8.3%. Uh, basically, what happened, again, uh, really good sales, profits, and they raised their dividend. Now, last thing today, raising dividends can be significant. It says it raised its quarterly dividend by 14% from $3.60 a share to $4.10 a share. Here's the thing. When a company raises its dividend, that is actually really good news. Uh, by the way, the stock is an expensive stock. It's $631 a share, but anyway. Uh, the thing is, um, companies are reluctant to ever lower a dividend, uh, cut of the quarterly profits. They'll even pay it out of retained earnings if they have a short-term loss. Uh, markets will just pummel a stock that um, reduces a dividend. So in order to raise a dividend, that is saying that the company's board of directors that run the company are confident enough that they are going to be able to pay this going forward. So uh, it's usually considered a real positive uh, indication for a company that they are raising a dividend. So uh, keep an eye, keep an eye on this company. It seems to be continuing to do well. Uh, I'll give you one last thing before we wrap it up here. Uh, let's see. Yeah, there's another one. I go back to March of 2020. Two hundred thirty-seven dollars a share. Six hundred thirty-one dollars a share now. So as you can see, they're more than they more than doubled uh, since the March of 2020. All right. So hope this stuff is helpful. We got a lot of stuff coming up next week. And so we'll see how uh, that producer price index report looks. We'll look at what the Fed has to say and any other news that we might see. All right. So hope everyone's doing well. This is Bill Thompson, T-Bill. Talk to you again soon. See ya. Thank you.